podcast. Time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back. The second hour here on Friday morning. And it is time right now to talk with our guests. We're going to be learning a little bit more about cold stun season and what that means for sea turtles and how one local organization is helping with that. The National Marine Life Center is uh, is helping with that issue. And joining us now to talk about it is Connie Marigo. She's the president and executive director of the National Marine Life Center. Good morning, Connie. How are you? Hi, Tim. I'm great. Thank you for having me on this morning. Uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, this is, you know, we look at this time of year and we realize that the, the, the cold affects us all when we wake up on a morning like this and say, oh, man, we got to turn the heat on. But for, for sea turtles, it's a, it's a lot different because they're dealing with something that, that they don't have any control over. That's right. And these turtles uh, don't have the ability to generate metabolic heat the way we do. So if you wake up on a cold morning and you go for a run or you take a brisk, brisk walk, you can warm up a little bit that way. But they don't have that same ability. So once they start getting cold, that's it. Their health starts to decline. So uh, what, what exactly is this issue? How does this, this uh, affect the sea turtles and, and how, how do you try to combat the, um, the effects of it? Well, that's a great question. It's uh, probably the easiest way to explain it is it's almost like if you fell through the ice. Um, and that would be a rapid chilling or hypothermia for us. But these turtles have been getting colder each day. So they come into Cape Cod Bay in the summer and everything's fine. It's nice and toasty warm and they're foraging in there. But then once September hits and it starts getting a little bit colder, a little bit colder, a little bit colder, then we go into late October, November, December, these turtles are now severely hypothermic. Their body temperatures, their core temperature can reach in the 40s. It can actually go lower than that in the 30s. And eventually, if they aren't rescued um, and put into this very slow, slow warming process and recovery process, it includes a lot of fluids and, and uh, diagnostics. But if they don't get the help they need, they will die. And in Cape Cod Bay, every year, there's hundreds and hundreds of these turtles stranding, and 90% of them are endangered Kemp's Ridleys. So this is an extremely rare little turtle. So I, I think people look at it and they say, well, aren't turtles cold-blooded? Like, shouldn't this be part of, you know, what they're used to? But this is, we're talking about something that's more extreme than what they would, would be used to. Why? My question would be, why is it that turtles stay here if, if they um, are, are experiencing that? Why don't they migrate to warmer waters? And that's a great, that's the million-dollar question. Uh, there's a lot of, of theories out there, but probably one of the most uh, widely recognized is the, the shape of Cape Cod. So, you know, we all refer to Cape Cod as a hook because it is a landmass that juts out and creates a horseshoe-style uh, landmass. So the turtle's navigation systems are telling them to go south, go, go to warmer water. And when they do that, they keep bumping into the landmass once they're inside Cape Cod Bay. 
So we think that once they're in there, and especially once they're compromised, so they're now they're colder, they're colder, they lose muscle mass, they can't, eventually they can't swim, they can't dive, and they just float around with the wind direction. So we really think that once they're in there and they start getting colder and they're compromised, they just can't find a way out. Hmm. And and is there an effort to try to to take them and, and move them on the other side of Cape Cod so that they could migrate? Or is it better to just leave them alone and, and, and have them remain on a more natural course? Well, that's a great question. And there are some groups that are looking at that. The problems they're facing, though, is some of these turtles are so tiny. They're the size of maybe a dessert plate with their little flippers. And trying to find those in choppy water on a boat um, is proving really difficult. We know there's hundreds of them in there, but finding them in Cape Cod Bay, they could be anywhere. And when these turtles get colder, we do think they will go to the bottom and hunker down in the little, you know, on top of a little mud layer there and try to get warm. That makes it even more challenging to try to find them. So it, it would be a great idea if we could find them and we could find hundreds of them. That would really cut down on the number of these turtles that need therapy to recover but it's proving almost impossible. So so these turtles are are that small? Because I think people think of sea turtles and they think of the, the large one you see floating around in the tank of the New England Aquarium or uh, they used to have, what was it, Sealand down on the Cape where they had some sea turtles. I think people look at look at those and think that that's what you're talking about, but you're, you're saying they're smaller than that. Yes. Um, you know, these are juveniles that come up here and probably, you know, depends on the species. But a lot of these turtles might be two or three years old, so they're quite small. They will grow into those larger animals for sure. You know, and again, it is species dependent. So the Kemp's Ridleys are much smaller. They're the smaller, the smallest of the sea turtles in the world. And then we see a lot of green turtles and loggerheads. The loggerheads are much larger. They these get to be extremely large when they're a full-on adult, hundreds of pounds. But the Kemp's Ridley's, majority of the ones that we see here are juveniles. They're quite small. Between a dessert plate and a regular dinner plate size are the majority of the Ridley's that we get. So quite, quite small. Wow. I, I had no idea. So so now what you're trying to do and what the what the uh, National Marine Life Center is trying to do is uh, complete a cold-stunned sea turtle triage ward. That's right. Because the numbers have been increasing uh, each year. So many of these animals are stranding. We might get 50 sea turtles on one high tide. You know, so that's exceeding our in- intensive care units, which are small um, units that you would see in any veterinary hospital. And we can fit about 16 turtles in each unit. And the importance here is it's climate controlled. We have to raise their temperature very slowly, not more than 10 degrees a day. So, but, you know, if you have two of these units, and only 16 sit in each unit, but 50 turtles are coming in the door. The math isn't working. So we've been working with a few uh, funders and some um, foundations that have been very good to us. And we are building a new cold sun triage room. And it's temperature controlled, and it's actually going to be visible to the public. So keep an eye on our website. We will announce some weekend hours or, you know, maybe weekend week day afternoons that were open for the public who wants to come in and learn about this event. It happens every year. It's the biggest endangered species 
Stranding anywhere in the U.S. and it happens right here on Cape Cod every fall. Wow. And and you're taking, you know, as you said, you're, this has to be something that has to be done slowly because you, just as the cold is stunning the turtles, you can't stun the turtles by bringing them back to, to regular temperature in a, in a quick fashion. So I'm sure that there's a lot of, or there's probably a lot of touch and go moments in those in those times when you're trying to, to get them to the body temp they need to be at. Yes, especially when they first come in. Um, and one of the things we've learned over the years is, uh, you know, they're so critical. They're, they look like they're deceased. So if you came in and you looked at the operation, what we're doing, you would think, oh, my God, they've got, why are all these turtles there? They're all dead. They're all over the, in these little boxes. They're so hypothermic that they just can't even move. And one of the things we have to do is gently introduce them back into water. And this water is going to be the same temperature as the air. So everything's going to be 55 degrees. And we stimulate them gently and slowly. And we try to get them to sort of come out of the, it's almost like a coma. I don't know how else to describe it. So that they start to paddle. And once they're in the water, they also have this, uh, I don't know, it's natural for them to lift their head and breathe. So now they're circulating oxygen through their systems and they're getting their heart rates up. And this is really important because these, when they come in, some of these turtles, their heart rate might be three beats per minute, four beats per minute. So the only way to really deal with this many turtles is to sort of fight fire with fire and use the water, which is their natural habitat, to help heal them because they have, again, the natural instinct to take a breath to paddle. And both those things, again, are essential. It's going to get their heart rate up and it's going to start circulating oxygen. So when they come in, I, I, you know, we don't know what it feels like, but it probably feels like having the worst flu or, um, pardon me, but maybe hangover, something like that where you're so debilitated. And as they start to increase oxygen levels, their heart rate starts to come up. And we are providing fluids because they're incredibly dehydrated when they come in. They start to feel a little better, a little better, a little better each day. But it's a very delicate process, and um, it takes a lot of resources to do this type of work. But they're endangered. They really are worth it. Well, and so is there a way that people can help, uh, that they can play a part in this and, and making sure that these turtles, that their numbers don't dwindle and that these turtles are able to stay alive? Yes, great question. There's a lot of things people can do to help. Um, first of all, if you are walking the beaches of Cape Cod this time of year and you see a turtle, don't put it back in the water. You want to call the, the Audubon, Mass Audubon. It's a Wellfleet Bay Wildlife Sanctuary. And they have teams of people that are trained and they will come out and pick up the turtle. They also are already patrolling the beaches once the water temperature reaches 50 degrees, that's sort of the trigger point. Um, and then there's always volunteering. We, we need a lot of people to help us take care of these animals. Um, and then, of course, resources. Uh, donating is another way to help support the program. Um, and again, this year will be the first year you'll be able to see it. Usually our Discovery Center is closed in the wintertime. There just isn't a whole lot of traffic. It allows us to focus on, you know, other things. But this is really important. If we don't start educating people on what happens with these turtles and their value in the environment, then, you know, people care mostly about things or they protect mostly things that they know. 
And so we want to start engaging the public and letting them see this type of work and how valuable these animals are. Absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully some folks listening will be able to help out and, you know, if not, if not uh, physically be there and help out or at least just go out there and patrol the beaches or, or send in a donation and can help, you know, keep these these turtles alive. And and you mentioned a few times that the, the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle are endangered. Do we know, like, how many there are left? Is it is it a very severe, is it a very low number or is it to the point where maybe we can help them come back in the next few years? Well, I think if we all work together, and that's, you know, there's an international group that uh, meets at an international sea turtle conference, and there's national groups, and there are a lot of scientists working on uh, trying to save these animals. You know, one thing that's not in our favor is climate change, for sure. As the planet warms, then these are reptiles. The temperature in the nest determines the gender. So the warmer the planet gets, the more females we're going to have. So, you know, that is going to be a problem. So everything we can do to address climate change actually will help sea turtles as well. Wow, that's fascinating that the temperature influences the gender. That's that's uh, incredible. Yeah. Well, I want... I want to thank you, Connie, for joining us and for letting us know about this. And, and hopefully well, the listeners can help out and we can uh, save some of these turtles. Thank you. I appreciate you having me this morning. All right. You have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Yeah, that is Connie Marigo. She is the uh, president and executive director of the National Marine Life Center. If you want to find out more about the work that they do, you can just go to nmlc.org. That's nmlc for National Marine Life Center org, And you can find all of the great information there, including how to donate if you want to do that, how to volunteer if you want to do that. They have a whole section there on ways to help. I'm going to take a break right now. We'll be back in just a few moments. Hello, I'm not Johnny Cash So it's gonna be forever Or it's gonna go down in flames You can tell me when it's over If the high was worth the pain Got a long list of ex-lovers They'll tell you I'm insane Cause you know I love the players And you love the game Cause we're young and we're reckless We'll take this way too far It'll leave you breathless Or with a nasty scar Got a long list of ex-lovers They'll tell you I'm insane But I've got a blank space, baby And I'll write your name So there, that's that was made completely with AI That's, uh, that's from the uh, There I Ruined It social media account. I was mentioning that before, how the person behind that account uses AI to simulate the voices of famous singers and then has them doing songs that you wouldn't expect them to do. So, and you know, it's usually like goofy stuff, like taking NWA and making it into a polka song and things like that. But that, when he played that, even he wrote on it, you know, as a Johnny Cash fan, I wanted to hate this, but I don't hate this. And so instead of at the end, he always puts his little logo at the end of the song and says, there, I ruined it. And on this one, instead, it says, oops, I liked it because it really was. It really was good. I mean, that's what it would have sounded like if we could have gotten Johnny Cash to sing Taylor Swift's Blank Space you know, before he left this world. So uh, that is fascinating to me. It's also scary. But it also makes me think that, you know, is there 
is there a way that we achieve life after death through artificial intelligence? Can we, at some point, program that AI ourselves with who we are or even who we want to be and then live on? Think about that because you've got flaws. I've got flaws. We've got, we've got ways that we live our life that we wouldn't want to have be us in the future. Maybe we can create that AI version of ourselves that will exist after our physical bodies are gone and we can make it the version of ourselves that we want us to be. It's pretty, pretty interesting stuff when you think about it. Somewhere you could still exist in a machine and that's really what we've been seeking our entire lives, our entire existence of, as, as humans is a way to go on like that. You don't, want it, you don't want your body to live forever, trust me. It's, it's an organic matter. It's not going to last. But consciousness, that's a different story. All right. Well, anyway, that's a conversation we can have a different time. Right now, it's time to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has arrived in Israel for talks with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu about the war against Hamas. Blinken is expected to push for humanitarian pauses in the war and for the Israeli government to protect more Palestinian civilians. Federal regulators are accusing Amazon of using a secret algorithm that raised prices of online purchases by over a billion dollars. The claim made public Thursday is part of the FTC's antitrust suit against the e-commerce giant. An Amazon spokesperson says the company stopped using the algorithm seven years ago, several years ago. Attorneys for former President Trump are appealing a gag order placed on him in his federal election interference case. The gag order that prohibits Trump from disparaging witnesses was reinstated on Monday. Trump's attorneys claim no court in American history has imposed a gag order on a criminal defendant actively campaigning for public office. The Biden administration is hammering Russia with sweeping new sanctions over the war in Ukraine. The sanctions announced Thursday target Russia's future energy capabilities, sanctions evasion, and a suicide drone that, was, that has menaced Ukrainian troops and equipment. Thousands of people from around the world would be running through the New York City City's five boroughs this Sunday for the annual New York City Marathon. The race begins in Staten Island at 8 a.m. Eastern with wheelchair divisions starting first. The New York City Marathon will be broadcasted to over 500 million homes around the world. A big lake has formed in one of the hottest places on Earth. A salty lake two miles wide and four miles long has formed in the middle of California's Death Valley after remnants of Hurricane Hillary dumped more than two inches of rain and Badwater Basin in just 24 hours. Badwater Basin is the lowest point in North America at 282 feet below sea level. Daylight saving time ends this weekend and AAA is reminding motorists to be cautious when traveling. Clocks will be turned back one hour at 2 a.m. Sunday morning, resulting in fewer daylight hours. AAA says motorists will face sun glare during their Monday morning commute. In sports, the Celtics unveiled their 2023-24 City Edition uniform. This season, the Celtics will be wearing a uniform that is a nod to the origin of the game and continued commitment to the craft. The uniform highlights elements that show both handmade craft and connection of the city of Boston to the game of basketball. The woven taping on the side panel references the handcrafted peach baskets originally used in the sport and a historical basketball with a clover inside appears on the belt buckle. Tomorrow night, the Celtics will visit the Brooklyn Nets.
The Bruins managed to extend their point streak to 10 games to open the season after taking down the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-2 in a shootout at TD Garden. Pavel Zaka opened the scoring with his fourth goal of the season, and Jake DeBruce put the team up a pair early in the second with his first of the year. Boston will be visiting the Detroit Red Wings tonight, tomorrow night. The Patriots are adding depth to the secondary. New England has signed rookie defensive back Alex Austin, who originally entered the NFL as a seventh-round pick of the Buffalo Bills out of Oregon State. This Sunday, the Pats will be hosting the Washington Commanders at Gillette Stadium. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. We're starting out with some clouds, but we'll lead to some sunshine. Temperatures well on the chilly side this morning, around 30s for some. As we head into the afternoon, sunshine, plenty of it as well. Highs in the 50s with some breezy conditions. Overnight, some clouds, temperatures 40s to 50s. And uh, tomorrow, another beautiful day. With some clouds, temperatures around 60 dry through the weekend. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. In 508-996-0500. Just very quickly, thanks to Paul in New Bedford for letting me know that uh, the Uncivil Law YouTube channel last night covered the Lizzie Borden House lawsuit story, and used you know used my story uh, to discuss it. So um, I watched a little bit of it there during the news, but I'm looking forward to watching more of it later on and seeing. You know, what a what a lawyer thinks of the entire thing. But you can check that out on the Uncivil Law YouTube channel. All right, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Good morning. How's it going? Going good. Um, 14.3, what was it, million dollar, or billion dollar, I'm sorry, uh, for aid in Israel. All right, did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. Now, do you kind of find that, or do you, do you kind of like think that uh, it's, it's a coincidence that uh, Biden's calling for "quote unquote" pauses, right, for for hum, uh, humanitarian aid and to get the the you know the hostages out of Gaza, right? Do you think that he's causing that pause? Or he's 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 uh, trying to implement that pause or suggest it because he doesn't think that, or he knows that this bill is not going to pass when it gets to the Senate. Why why wouldn't it pass? 
They're saying right here, it's not. It's not going to pass. But I mean, why? Why would that? Because it's a Republican bill. It's a Republican. It's a Republican-backed bill, and there's no aid for Ukraine. There's no aid for Taiwan, right? So there's no. There's, there's only aid for Israel in this bill, right? And Biden's proposing. I think it was like a hundred. I mean, billion it's, it's not going to pass as is, but there'll be there'll be amendments that are made to it. Well, they're saying that it's it's going to be a complete dead end. Let's see, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know that it'll fall because there's so there's so many Democrats that support Israel that I think they're going to want to see that funding happen. They'll just have to make amend. It's not going to happen quickly. They're going to have to put it through uh, with whatever amendments they want to make to it. But I can't imagine they're going to deny the aid. It's just not going to come through in in this particular way. I'm just, I, I was just kind of like trying to put two and two together on why he would all of a sudden be calling for out of the blue. Be calling for a ceasefire. I don't think it's out of the blue. Well, said it's out of the blue. Why is it out of the blue? What? What? Because because we're, we're all for Israel, right? This whole country's for Israel, right? No, well, no, I, I don't. I don't want to say the whole country because I'm pretty sure it's a divided issue, big time, right now. It's well, there there are people. Uh, look, value, but. There are people who realize that there are Palestinians who are caught in this, who are not, um, you know, not of their own making, not of their own fault, and so all that's right. that's what I think people are are trying to have a voice for and it's being misunderstood as being that they're you know in support of the terrorist organization there's there's a difference like have you seen some of these videos though of these palestinians that how they're actually like talking about the jewish community in israel like i have you like have you actually like sat there and watched these videos all right but that isn't practically these people are practically domestic terrorists doesn't mean the way that they're talking so they're just talking that doesn't mean you kill them for it it don't matter. Whatever happened to whatever happened to uh, you? Remember, remember back in the day, you could get in trouble for actually like talking bad about a president, or or um, you know, or uh, anything in that matter. So you you think these people should be punished for the way that they talk about the Jewish people? So is there, so you're saying they that should it's okay they, to they think that the hold Jewish on, people are invaders of their land coming and taking over their country and you think that they should be punished for their feelings about that listen with that being said Tim okay you don't think that you think that it's now you now okay with the way that you just phrased that you're in support of these people saying that they shouldn't they should just wipe out all of the Jewish community in Israel no I'm just saying that you don't kill them for saying it that's what I'm saying but it's okay for them to say I want to kill all these Jews in in, uh, in in Israel. It's okay for the Palestinians to say that, though, right? Are they are they actually so, doing so that? Now, so, so what? They're in support of it. That's like being in support of Hitler killing all the Jews. No, John. I think your understanding of world politics is tainted by your emotions and your feelings. No, it's tainted by by history, Tim. You have you have some people that might be saying that, but that doesn't mean that everybody that is in Gaza wants to see the Jewish people annihilated. Some, some people, and you don't kill the people so that are just living their daily lives because some ah. people are for it. So we only have a handful of people in this in this country right now that's you, completely in support of of uh, Palestine. I'm I'm right? listen. I'm not defending. I'm not defending what's going on at all. I'm of Jewish oh, heritage, and I support 100%. Israel. Yeah, but it 100% sounds like you're trying to justify it. No, I'm trying to explain why you have people. They pe- want to kill all the Jews. Because you said there are people that are for them, and I'm trying to explain what they're for. 
that's like that's practically borderline domestic terrorism, and we have it right in our country. And it's they're not, actually, it's not, it's not domestic actually, terrorism. No, they're actually utilizing okay uh, uh, the First Amendment right of free speech to to express the fact that they want to kill the Jews. How? Is that not considered domestic terrorism? No, that that's a that is a hate incident. Right, it's a hate it's a hate crime. So why not? And again, as, as I've learned, uh, I don't know that you can necessarily qualify it as a hate crime. There's a difference between the two. Okay, so it's hate speech. Yes, a hate incident is, is what they would refer to it. Which is illegal. Well, because that's like me calling. That's like me walking around saying that I want to. You know what? Uh, I ain't going to say it on the radio, but like you know. You know what I mean? Like that's like me say that's like me walking around, uh, you know, New York City saying I want to kill all the Jews. Like what? Who does that? I mean, what is that? That's the that's the world we're living in now. You know what I mean? That's the world that we're living. That's the world that we're bringing our kids up in now, right? People walking around saying on national media that they that they're in full support of Palestine, okay, and that they want to kill all the Jews. I literally watched it. Okay, on TV, a girl with machine gun earrings. I don't know if you've seen that viral video going on. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm just wondering why you didn't call in with the same outrage when I was talking about, you know, NSC 131 and the and the pamphlets that they were leaving on people's front porches. I did. People I who want to do the same thing. I called. Pretty sure I called in, unless I wasn't listening to that. I mean, I mean, I don't. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick directly. I'm. Just, I'm not trying to pick directly on you, John. I'm just trying to say, like, no, that's been, that's that's been an even bigger issue that's been going on right here in our own backyard, and and people don't seem up in arms about that. I did call in that day because I remember you saying that. Well, like I said, I'm not. I'm not trying to use you yeah, 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 as a specific yeah, yeah. No, example. I know. I know. I, know. I was speaking I generalizing. Uh, and you know, you're right about that. It's 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 it is a form of of hate violence, hate speech. Okay, however you want to look at it. It should not be tolerated. In this country, it should not be tolerated. Now, if you want to go to Palestine, or if you want to go to Israel, or if you want to go to the Middle East, anywhere in the Middle East, go ahead, pick a country, okay? And you want to say, kill all the Jews. Well, guess what? You do whatever you want. But you can't, you shouldn't be allowed to do that in this country, okay? You shouldn't. Just as much as a white person, okay, shouldn't be allowed to use the N-word, it's considered hate speech in my book. In my in my in my book, okay, that's that's it goes along the same lines. It's hand in hand in the same. It's the same way. You know what I mean? It's just sick. It really is. It's sick. Um, but I completely went off topic. That's not what I was even talking about. I was <laughs> well, talking I, about the bill. I only got about a minute here because you know? I I got some other that's callers. All right, that's all right. I, I I I just like I said. I just want okay. I'll let, I'll let you go with the other callers. Go ahead. All right. Talk well, you, you have a good weekend. Good. And uh, callers, we will get to you. I do have to take this quick break. Well, let me take this. And when we come back, we will get to your calls. We'll be back in just a few moments. Um. Sunshine came softly through my
back in. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. What's shaking, playboy? What's going on, Lamone? What's going on? Uh, living and loving. So tomorrow night, I'm, I'm going to go see Ambrosia. And, um, and I'm thinking about going to see Kali Minogue uh, Saturday night. No, oh, I can't get her out of my head. Well, maybe that's a good thing. I, it could be worse things to be in your head, you know what I mean? Remember that song? You know? Yes, I do remember that What song. a comeback that was, too. That was like 20 years after her, her last hit. I just think that was that was her first hit was was just uh was just a, a, co- a cover version. Yeah, of locomotion. And then what was yeah. that? Like, it was like eighty six, eighty seven. Well, it might have been eighty eight. And then yeah. I don't know when can't get you out of my head. That was early two thousand, so more than twenty years. Yeah, and that's crazy. And she's still sure. she's, and she's here. She's my mouth is working. Uh, a residency here, and it's like okay. Um, I heard your, your previous guest was talking about uh, people using the N word. You know, I'm a brother. You've never heard me even use that word. Have you ever heard me use that word? I've never heard you use that word. And it's like my my mother said, if somebody calls you that, you put them on their ass. And I put more than my share of people on their ass. But I've had like a French like Snoop Dogg. When I first met him back in 93, like 1993, he, 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 he would say, and I said, oh, don't call me that. You call me by my name. He calls me every time he calls me by, by Lamone or something else. But he never calls me, calls me that name. Like I said, you get you get what you ask for. You know, if you give respect, you get respect. So you you you, know, you, like you feel you feel like that's a word that not even your own community should be using, not even your own people. I, no, I don't think so. Let me let me put this to you, okay? There are like this. If, if you see a Chinese person, Chinese guy, you, you, you see a Chinese man, he's from China. If you see a French woman from France, she's a French woman. If you see an English English person, English man from England, he's, he's English is England. Okay, from there, and it's like German, German like like but you can't. If you see a black person, if you call him a Negro, where, where's their land? Mm-hmm. Right, you know, Nigeria. I wouldn't think Nigeria was the word. But that's that's but that's still think about that. Where, 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 all those other people, all those other other uh, beings that all earthlings, all, all brothers and sisters, are, have a home, have a place they can call home. And and I and like I said, I think America's my home. I was born here and raised here. I'll probably die here, you know. I've lived other places, but yeah, this is my home, like I said. And I do whatever it takes to keep, keep, keep my, my home safe, not just my house, my neighborhood. I mean, just everything everything around our country. I'm, I'm down to do what I need to do to keep things done. Remember, like, like the last time I saw those guys with those, those, those uh, cocktails, Molotov cocktails downstairs, stop them, stop them from doing that. Was it the... the uh, the Boogaloo Boys, somebody busted them, literally, while they were about to do that, like not even 10 minutes away from them doing it, out in front of the courthouse. Damn, I think God put me in place so, so something could be seen and something could be said. Keeping that 100. And so and it's like, uh, oh, yeah, so um, what are you going to do, do for, I, I was, I was going to send you a uh, thing from Facebook, but I, I don't want to put my, my, all my business out on, over on that, on something that's so easy to be, to be uh, looked at and, 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 you know, gone through. And I'd rather tell you off, 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 off the, on the phone, off, off, offline, you know, and I'd rather do it like that. But it's okay. You don't need a gift from me. It is my birthday coming up next week. Oh, I think well, you should be more, more yeah. Happy early birthday. What day is it? The 12th. So, you know, so everybody gather around, pitching your money. I, I like gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it what on it. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can take up a collection in the morning. i got to hold you there because i got to take a break here before the end of the hour, but thank you for the call. 
And everybody have a good weekend. You as well. May, may the good Lord smile upon you. I hope that, hope that chill gets out of there out there. We no. get you a little we're we're going to warm up today. Thank you, sir. Uh, you have a good weekend. All right. And uh, I got to take this break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Jim. And welcome back in. We are just about out of time for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, though, we will be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. We'll be talking with her about some of the things going on in this city. Excuse me, rather. And uh, then we will also be taking more of your calls later on in the hour at 508-996-0500. Check out that story at WBSM.com and on the app about needles actually found in Halloween candy. Uh, on Cape Cod in Sandwich. And we also got a message earlier from 